Welcome to the Good Food Champions podcast, a podcast about supporting and inspiring schools and teachers to find out more about the exciting world of food. In each episode, we deliver a flavour of how you can get involved and share news and information. Hello, my name is Jennifer Robertson. I work for Quality Meat Scotland as one of the health and education managers. However, today I've got a different hat on, trying my hand at podcasting and podcast hosting. Welcome to this very first podcast as part of an update for teachers regarding the Good Food Champions Practitioner Support Programme. This programme is a joint food education partnership venture run by the Royal Highland Education Trust, or RECT, by ourselves Quality Meat Scotland, QMS, Food and Drink Federation Scotland, FDF, and the Rowett Institute in Aberdeen. So that's the acronyms over. You will probably hear some of them throughout the interviews today as well. This programme all started around about four years ago as a GTCS accredited programme. But with these ever-changing times, this programme has had to evolve. Thankfully, now we have some funding through STEM Professional Learning Grant by Education Scotland. So we're able to produce this podcast and some of the materials and resources that we're able to share with practitioners. What we'd like to do today is outline how things have developed and adapted. Well, what the partners have been up to in these changed circumstances and how they can offer ongoing support to practitioners using food as a basis for learning in the more traditional food-based subjects, but also across the STEM subjects, health and well-being and developing the young workforce. So to start us off, we've got a few introductions to make. You'll get through us all soon. Firstly, though, we have Sarah Smith from RETS with me today. And Sarah, she's really the originator of the Good Food Champions programme and rallies us all together, which we're really grateful for. So, hi Sarah, could you give us a brief synopsis of who RET are and your role within the organisation? Hi, as Jen's already mentioned, I work for RET, the Royal Highland Education Trust, and what we do is all about food and farming. So, our remit is basically to upskill folk about where food comes from, and we do this in a variety of different ways. We offer class talks whereby farmers talk directly to children. We offer teacher training. We offer farm visits. And the role of all of this is to make sure that people have a good understanding of how their food is produced, uh, where it comes from and the journey it takes from gate to plate. My specific role is learning and development coordinator. And I get involved in producing resources, delivering training, and setting up partnerships such as this one. Great, thanks, Sarah. You're a very busy lady, I know that indeed, and we definitely recommend teachers to have a look at the uh, RET website and uh, specifically the RET portal, where there's a lot of information already existing for teachers. And now I'd like to introduce Alex Ritchie, who is my partner in crime at Quality Meet Scotland. We, we work together on a job share basis. So again, Alex, can you tell everyone a little bit about QMS and what your role is within QMS? Hi, everyone. I work as one of the health and education managers with Jen. And But before I give you a bit more information about my job, I'd like to just tell you a bit about Quality Meat Scotland, QMS. So we represent the red meat industry in Scotland. It's a levy-funded organisation. And although we're quite a small organisation, we work in a lot of different departments in economics, industry development, marketing, communications, and of course, where Jen and I sit, in health and education. So our role as health and education managers is we deliver cookery sessions, cook-alongs for schools. We also have a meat voucher scheme, which allows secondary schools in Scotland 
to sign up for a meat voucher so they can get hands-on cooking with red meat. And we also have a bank of new resources and old resources which can be used to help teachers to teach about red meat as part of a healthy, balanced diet. Great, thanks. Yep, we definitely uh, keep ourselves busy within QMS as well. I'd also like to now introduce Moira Stalker from the Scottish Food and Drink Federation. So, hi Moira, can you just do the exact thing for us and describe for us uh, who FDF are and what is your role specifically? Hi Jen, thanks for that. Food and Drink Federation Scotland is an industry-funded trade association representing food and drink businesses of all sizes, from Scottish family businesses through to global brands. We are actually a division of the UK Trade Association, the Food and Drink Federation. So my role uh, within Food and Drink Federation Scotland is skills manager. So my role is actually supported by Scottish Government and the aim of what I try to achieve is to make the food and drink industry a career destination of choice. A lot of people aren't aware that the food and drink manufacturing industry is such a large, dynamic and innovative industry. And they tend to think it's catering hospitality. It's all about cooking. So my role is really to raise awareness of what the food and drink industry actually does the career opportunities that are available. It's not just about jobs, it's about really, really good careers that can last a lifetime and take you all sorts of places. We want to help make pupils, parents and teachers understand what careers are actually available, make the links between the food that they eat every single day and how it gets to their plate, the people and the processes that get it there. We also want to make people aware of the types of subjects and um, skills that they need to enter a career in the food and drink industry, particularly STEM subjects. They're increasingly important and they're vital to our industry. So we really, really want to make people aware how these skills can help them and where using these skills in food and drink can take them in the future as well. Great, thank you. It's definitely such an important part of the industry. And sometimes maybe that we don't reflect on, as you say, and, and something, again, for pupils to think about as potential career opportunities. So that's really interesting. Thank you. And, and finally, we have Russ Betney, who is from the Rowett Institute in Aberdeen. Uh, Russ, can you tell us a little bit about the Rowett and what your role is there? Uh, thank you for the introduction, Jen. Uh, the Rowett is a, a research institute with a focus on nutrition and health. Um, this could be on aspects of neurobiology and how the brain is involved with controlling appetite, or research into the crucial role of bacteria in our gut play and how our diet can be affected by these guts, these bugs. There is also work looking into what is known as chrononutrition, which is the idea that it is not only what you eat, but when you eat, uh, and this can affect weight loss. This research is in addition to some social scientists investigating why we choose the foods we do, as well as the envir environmental impacts of our diets. And not this would be possible without the uh, human dietary studies that we can run. So a lot of our research depends on being able to recruit volunteers to come to the hour specific diets for a number of weeks depending on the study that we do. As well as the knowledge that you are contributing to science, the volunteers all have their food provided. Of course, these studies are on pause at the moment because we can't have anyone coming into the route. That's a very quick tour of some of the research that we do. The route is also one of the Scottish Environment, Food and Agricultural Research Institutes, which is a collective involving James Hutton Institute, the Morden Institute, which does animal health, SIUC and BIOS, which is a statistical support for our collective. So in my role as science engagement officer for the RARIT, I'm involved with activities promoting our research to the public. And so for this project, I'll be one of the main contacts for the health and nutrition questions. Now, some of our research overlaps with uh, Moira from FES Scotland, particularly with respect to reformulation of products. 
and also Jen from QMS has more expertise on the nutritional benefits of meat. We only research meat consumption in relation to the effects on the gut microbiota or what factors can influence people's meat. Um, I hope that was an useful introduction to Rowett and my role. I look very much forward to like, engaging with you. Uh, thanks very much for that, that, Russ. That was really interesting. Lots of uh, research going on there at the, the Rowett Institute. And Russ also mentioned loads of different organisations that we will be able to put you in touch with as well and, and maybe do some work with within your schools. And we definitely recommend you getting um, in, in touch with these organisations. So thank you, everyone. We now have the who's who. But really what educators are interested in, or we hope you're interested in, is what we can offer you in Scotland. Coming to you, Sarah, I, I think STEM certainly seems to have come across as a major focus in our discussion already. And food has so many links to STEM before the seed even touches the ground. So can you tell us how STEM is really relevant to food production, please? So the ability to be able to utilise STEM is so important in food production, and not many people put the two together. As you mentioned, right from when the seeds go in the ground, we need to be thinking about things like variable rate technology, where we are working to minimise inputs and maximise outputs, through to things like drone technology and robotics, which are used for tasks like checking crops for diseases, feeding livestock and milking dairy cows. So STEM is intertwined throughout the farming industry. And without it, we wouldn't be able to produce food in the way that we currently do. Great. Um, um, how would you say, Moira, that STEM is really relevant in this manufacture? I know you've kind of already touched on your introduction, but what about new product development, for example? STEM is really relevant to virtually every aspect of food and drink manufacturing. So we talked about new product development. So basically all food processing is chemistry. You have to understand the chemistry of, of, of the foods that you're working with. You have to understand how the processing, all the parts of the processing environment will affect the food from its taste, its texture, how it looks, its colour, its shelf life. You have to understand all of this to make sure that the products that you're making are, they look nice, they taste nice and they're not going to do you harm as well. So you have to understand the, the actual chemistry of food and what happens to it as well. You also, biology and microbiology are also hugely important as well because you have to make sure that your food is safe. There's not one of us thinks that we're going to go into a supermarket or a shop and buy a food product and it's going to do us harm. And that's because we've got such a wonderful food manufacturing industry in this country. It's really heavily legislated, but our food is very, very safe. We also need to make sure that it's nutritious as well. Engineers are essential throughout the industry. It's massively innovative. And if you've ever watched some of the programmes like um, Inside the Factory or some of the production programmes as well, you'll, you'll see the amount of engineering that there is in food and drink. Without engineers to make the machines to process our food, we wouldn't be able to feed, uh, we really wouldn't be able to feed the nation as well. Maths are hugely important as well and things like distribution and logistics and, of course, profit and loss, because no business is in this not to make money as well. So it's all the way through the industry and um, we could go on and on and on and on. It's just one of these subjects that people don't tend to put together. Sarah's already mentioned STEM and food and drink. People don't tend to think about it, and yet they're utterly essential, and they do, do they do go together. Definitely, it's a really important area, and I definitely vouch for Moira that she does some very interesting sensory 
experiments. So again, uh, there's something that teachers can uh, get involved in for their pupils. Um, a really, really interesting area um, of STEM that, uh, again, is a really useful learning tool. Uh, what about further in, in, in the food industry, Alex? Is there anything else that you would say that we can focus STEM on? I think um, just picking up on what Sarah and Moira have both said, the importance of STEM. I think more and more in the red meat industry and as part of the red meat food system, we're looking at how science and technology particularly can affect sustainability and improve the sustainability of red meat producers. I think sustainability is something that is, is at the forefront of everybody's mind, particularly educators, and it's something that the red meat industry is, is, has been challenged on. And we're looking at ways that technology and science can really make a difference and make red meat a more sustainable option. Some of these examples are um, drones, uh, feeding systems that can be used, additives that can be added into feeding to reduce carbon emissions, using different types of technology to improve animal welfare and that's just the the tip of the iceberg there's lots of innovative solutions that are that are being worked on and i think it's really important that teachers educators parents everybody involved and young people realize that there are so many opportunities within not just food and drink but within farming and livestock farming in particular i think it is becoming more and more important that we are using science and technology and engineering to really make differences within the industry. Absolutely, and I, I really enjoy that when all I see all of us working together, that uh, really showing young people particularly how important science and technology is for the future. It's definitely, they are our future, so that we definitely need them to be able to uh, carry this forward for us. Um, and what about kind of the science beyond uh, the, the production, uh, Rust, the science in the eating and the impact it has on, on our health? Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit further? Um, yes, uh, I mean, of course, coming from a, a research institute, obviously the, the science is, is really crucial to what we, what we do. I guess some of the impacts that we've had from our research, um, we've published a, a few recipe books, you know, for example, trying to get people to um, eat more crops such as uh, barley and oats because they have perhaps more health-giving properties than the, the, the white wheat that we are used to eating in our, in our bread. But we've also been more involved with some industry as well in the past. So we've had some research that has introduced vegetables to, to breads. So um, people have freeze-dried the vegetables to uh, introduce into breads with the idea of trying to increase people's consumption of um, their five a day. So in, in theory, some of the slices of bread, if you had two slices of beetroot bread, it should count as one of your five a day. So a lot of uh, research we do sometimes does have real world implications as well. It's not just pure research, but pure research is point. Definitely a really important area. We made bread in our house last night, but I've never considered making beetroot bread. So perhaps that's our next challenge or the next challenge for our schools listening in as well. So I suppose that ties in really nicely to health and well-being then. How do you all work together to kind of cover this really important topic of health and well-being? Well, as I say, we've been, we do have some um, crossover with uh, Moira at Food, Drink, Food and Drink Federation of Scotland, where manufacturers come... Uh, the angle of reformulation is in terms of uh, reformulating products so they're cutting out some of the uh, sugar or salt or fats or those kind of thing. Whereas uh, from our research point of view, reformulation is often trying to add things uh, with functional benefits to our food, um, such as the bread and such as um, introducing um, 
vegetables to um, yogurts as well, just to uh, give more of a health benefit for foods that we're used to used to eating. Some of other, our researchers maybe slightly less impact for people, immediate impact. So people looking at uh, novel crops. So the idea um, of improving you know food security in in Scotland and the fact that we could uh, grow new plants plants such as uh, buckwheat, hemp, and peas. I mean these are products that we've eaten in the past, but there's a, an idea that we could uh, grow more of them and the, uh, they have a higher protein content and more health benefits than some of the crops that we are growing. Because a lot of the wheat that we grow in Scotland, surprisingly, goes to, to making biscuits. And a lot of the oats and barley goes to distillers or, or, or animal feeds. So it's not actually a human consumption. And some of the other ideas of research are around the uh, healthy, sustainable diet. So looking at the environmental impact of the food that we eat, because a lot of the food that we eat comes from all over the world and there could be quite a few uh, env environmental impacts of you know where we get our food from great so you definitely mentioned some of the real i don't want to say buzzwords but i suppose that's what they are but food security definitely something that all of us are coming across so much more and i'm sure that um educators have noticed that within the curriculum as well food security and sustainability are definitely um kind of really top line now Sarah, do you want to explain a little bit more about health and well-being and, and sustainability that we can help schools with? Food sustainability is a really, really important topic, and it's just been moving up through the curriculum for some years now. What it actually is, it's a concept that looks at social, economic and environmental factors. And from a health and well-being point of view, what we want to do is make sure that we can help producers become more sustainable and get consumers thinking about how sustainable their food choices are. So to do that, we need to get people understanding how food is produced by either getting them out on a farm or having them talk to someone specifically about how that product's produced. Uh, and that's really key in helping to ensure tomorrow's consumers are well placed to make sustainable food choices. Ultimately, everybody needs to eat. And by checking labels for provenance and looking at ingredients, that can help us all become more sustainable consumers in the long term. Thank you. It's again another really critical area, I, th I think, of, of the curriculum now as well. Um, I, I think um, from a QMS point of view, we kind of have a more obvious link for, for health and, and well-being with, with cooking. Would, would you say that's true, Alex? Yeah, I, we've definitely had a link with health and well-being. Over a number of years, we've built up our, a database of teachers who have used us to deliver cooking demonstrations or cookery cook-alongs. We've also had the meat voucher scheme, which I previously mentioned. So it's definitely something that we have developed. We also work with FDS Scotland and Moira, and we have a product development project called Make It With Meat. And this is a great opportunity to look at the product, but tie in so many different subjects to that project. So the pupils are developing a product and they're looking at new product development, but they're also looking at the nutrients and they're looking at how it's going to be marketed and how the product has been produced. So that's just an example of some working together and really trying to get the most out of food as an education tool. Yeah, I totally agree with what Alex has said. Make it with me and some of the other projects that we work on together. They're just such a good way of demonstrating to the young people where their food comes from, the origins of it from the farm, right through to primary processing to actually making a product, but all the stages in between as well and all the different aspects you have to think about when it comes to food production. It's not just necessarily about what you want to eat or what something that you think is going to be nice. You've got to take so many other factors into consideration. Can you cost it? How will it be packaged? 
Does it look nice? Is it going to appeal to your target market? And can you make it within budget? in addition to many, many other things as well. So, yeah, I think working together as a team like this, we managed to show teachers, young people, parents, career influencers, different aspects of the food and drink industry and, and how important it is as well, because we really need people to value their food, where it comes from and all the people that go into making it as well. Thank you. There really is such a variety of things that teachers can get involved in. Now, at the outset, we also mentioned DYW, Developing the Young Workforce. Within the current climate, developing the young workforce is critical. But what is being done to support those who are looking for work in the food and drink sector or really our future workforce? Yeah, we work really closely with DYW and it's fantastic for us because they're a great link into the education sector for us as well. So we can help support um, industry and education partnerships through DYW. We work closely with teams across Scotland. And the great thing about DYW now is that they're doing all the activities that they're doing are being shared nationally as well. So resources and activities that we're developing, say, in Dumfries and Galloway or Grampian um, are being shared across the teams across Scotland. In particular, we have a, a, a very, very good relationship with the DYW team in Dumfries and Galloway. And we're working on developing some resources down there that will take take you on a virtual tour inside the factory because at the moment obviously we can't get inside factories because of COVID-19 so we're going to do some virtual tours we're going to speak to people who work in the industry and we're going to make some of the links between STEM subjects and what they do in their day-to-day -day jobs and allow everyone to see what it's what's the reality of the food and drink industry and also get to know some of the fabulous produce that's actually made down in Dumfries and Galloway and some of the more interesting things as well and we call this, um, we've got a really fabulous working title for this, it's called Science Behind the Flavours. So watch this space. They do also have a YouTube channel, so you might want to go on that as well. So if you Google DYW, Dumfries & Galloway YouTube channel, you should find it. Excellent. Science Behind the Flavours. There's definitely a lot of uh, out-of-the-box thinking there, which is brilliant uh, to see and hear about. Sarah, do you have anything else to tell us about um, DYW? We support DYW by talking to young people about the different careers available in the sector, because often there's a misconception that it's just farmers who wear hats and suck pieces of straw that work in the sector. And indeed, you do get to people quite like that. Uh, but there are also lots of other opportunities. Uh, and by speaking to farmers and finding out about the opportunities available, we can signpost uh, young people down the relevant routes to get the correct qualifications for the roles. Uh, we also have a resource portal, uh, which has some links to careers within the sector as well. Excellent. Thanks for that. And really interesting areas for people to have a look at. And, and what about within um, maybe different parts of the industry, such as uh, the red meat industry? Is DYW something that um, the, the industry can help with, Alex? Again, as Sarah's highlighted, I think it's just looking at the career options. Again, there's so much more to the red meat food system than actual farming. So there's the hauliers, there's the auction marts, there's the processors. The people who produce the, the excellent produce, the chefs, the supermarkets, the shops, it's, it's really, there are so many different links in the chain. So it's just highlighting all the different careers that are, that are available. And also, I know DYW work closely with Lantra, and it's just another avenue, somewhere that people can go to look, teachers or parents or pupils, another place they can go to look to get a bit more information, perhaps about apprenticeships or some different avenues and how to get into the industry. Excellent. So there's definitely real links there, and we appreciate that that is something that is on top of the agenda for educators as well. So we're absolutely happy to help um, where possible. 
So what about um, a bit of a crossover or, or perhaps potential gaps in your expertise, not to put you guys down, but um, I know you don't know everything. So how can you meet the uh, other areas that our educators are looking to uh, for information on? Because uh, there's an absolute wealth of information out there. What can you do to help people with that? Well, you're absolutely right. I'm certainly no expert on everything. That would just be ridiculous. But what we are very lucky to have, particularly in Scotland, I think, is where we've got a fantastic network of industry, people that work in industry that want to support education. We also work with a vast number of stakeholders. So we've already mentioned developing young workforce, but we also work really closely with organisations like Skills Development Scotland that can, again, signpost people into, for example, apprenticeships. We work with colleges, universities and many other partners across the whole of the food and drink sector. So Often when we don't know the answer to something, we can certainly find someone who can and we all learn from one another as well. It's a very, I would say we're very, very lucky because it's a it's a very friendly industry to work in. People want to help. They want to provide support. So they will help us. And there is a great willingness to support wider understanding of what food and drink is actually about and to help educate people in what our industry actually does, how it's responsible, how it's sustainable and how it can actually offer fantastic career opportunities for young people. So we have a really, really good network. So if we don't know the answers, we probably know a man or a woman that does. So hopefully that should help. Yes, Moira, I totally agree with that. We're definitely not the only organisations working in the food industry to promote things. The good thing about this group is that we're all working at a national level, so we all work across Scotland. There's lots of organisations delivering food education who work at a more local level, and we've also got links into them. And I think that's really important, particularly for schools who are looking to do things on their own doorstep and find out about the local producers or manufacturers within their local area. And we can support you to do that as well. So like Moira said, if, you, if we can't help, we'll definitely know someone who can. Brilliant. You've definitely got a man that knows. That, that's what we need to know. Um, I, I would definitely vouch for the visits and some of the experiences that we have enjoyed as part of the group as well. It's definitely been uh, really interesting and eye-opening into the, the whole food industry. So um, again, we might not be able to do these in real life at current, but virtually perhaps is something you want to look at as already has been mentioned. So say I'm a teacher and, and everything you said and you, you guys are involved in is something I want to learn more about. How do I get involved? Where do I go? I'm assuming methods have had to change, as we've, I was already alluded to, and we don't have any idea when we can offer these visits, etc. again, in real life. So what can you offer to teachers? So with the change in climate that we've had, obviously these visits that we've not been able to offer, and although that has been a challenge for us, it has also provided us with some opportunities to stop and have a think and, and see what it is that teachers want. So we surveyed some teachers to find out exactly what sort of provision they were looking for. And we have discovered that what teachers are looking for is something that they can go to in their own time. So we're looking to set something up that teachers can visit when it suits them. And there'll be a bank of resources and links that they can then go to and they can educate themselves and all the things that we have discussed. Brilliant. And we've all definitely got so much more used to seeing ourselves on screen. So I'm sure everyone will be a bit more comfortable in using these new methods as well. But what about the commitment required? Yeah, so we looked at what we were offering teachers and the previous courses that we provided uh, were accredited and they took a year long to complete. However, circumstances have changed considerably since then. So we're looking at being a lot more flexible. We're going to hopefully have some pre-timed webinars where 
there'll be set times where you can get involved, but a lot of what we're going to provide will be there for you to access as and when you want to come and find out a bit more. Brilliant. So definitely uh, lots of different methods for us. And um, what about, uh, I know we've, we've looked into different versions such as uh, Google Classroom, uh, OneNote. Do we have a, a kind of location where information will be stored? Uh, we do indeed, Jen, yes. Uh, we're going to be looking at using SharePoint as a landing platform and generating information and links and learning material within OneNote. So if you have utilised Teams or and are good with the Microsoft platform, then everything that you need will be at your fingertips. And we certainly know that teachers and uh, other educators have so many ideas and different activities that they're already involved in. So if a teacher would have something that they think would be useful to add to this, can they, can they share that information? I know already existing are lots of Facebook pages and things like that that teachers all use. But can they share that information with us? Of course. Uh, like has already been mentioned earlier, uh, we are just a collection of people. We by no means experts. And if there is information that we are not aware of or you think should be included, then do let us know. And equally, if you do the course and you enjoy it and you want to share it, then please do. Because the more people we get enrolled and engage with, the further the messages around good food and food sustainability get. Well, I really must say this has been an excellent insight to what's being offered to food educators across the country. And there is such a variety of topics that are covered and, and the resources available. We've really only just kind of touched a, a tiny little point of that today. And just really to recap, if anyone is interested in getting involved or would like to register your interest, then at present we recommend that you log on to the RET website which is www.ret.org.uk and look for the teacher training option and you'll be able to uh, register your interests. And further down the line, we'll have a more specific website for you to have a look at. So all I can say is thanks so much for listening to our first podcast today. And we hope to welcome you to another Food Education Good Food Champions podcast very soon. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Good Food Champions podcast. Make sure you visit our website, ret.org.uk forward slash training where you can subscribe to the show via RSS so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found the podcast interesting, we'd appreciate you telling a friend to help spread the word. You can find out more about the partners involved and the training on offer at ret.org.uk forward slash training.